Hi, I'm Eric McEwen. And I'm Levi Weinhagen. And this is Regret Labs. Hey, Levi. <laughs> Hi, Eric. I couldn't even get through. It's at 75% of the way through. Like hey. this, this isn't going well. No, this is not going to amazing play. <laughs> I couldn't commit. Hey, Levi. Hey, Eric. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. You seem so emotional suddenly. Uh, it I, seems like it should be really late, but it's not. It's only no. like 8 o'clock. It's 2 a.m. somewhere, so I think it's fine to be a little giggly and mm-hmm. a little little silly. Well, welcome to another mini episode of Regret Labs. Mini! That means it's smaller. Yeah. Uh, it's not the size that matters. It's how you use the science. Way less science, less length. Equals. Mini episode mm-hmm. of Regret Labs. Yeah. So what we're going to do this round is we're, we don't have a test. We don't have an article. We're going to do kind of a state of the union. We felt like we were preparing too much. And uh, it felt really <laughs> formal. So we decided to throw off the shackles of internet quizzes. And uh, talk about where we're at with the with this whole crazy what a crazy experiment. Endeavor. Yeah, uh, I feel I feel better. I think I've taken things away from our shows. Yes, I've I, gotten to, into a lot of conversations about electric cars and oh yeah, and uh, sun panels. I have had solar panels, I, sun panels. I have a mix of people wanting to talk about stuff that came up in mm-hmm. the climate change episode, and then people just saying, "Oh, what was that about?" And then I find myself talking about that oh, stuff. Oh, okay, interesting. And so it is. It's been. It's been. I mean, really present on my mind in a sort of a fun way. Uh, I really like. Uh, I, I like that sort of. It's. It's more top of mind. Like a lot of the stuff we've talked about on multiple. Like just from the what is science to looking at how physics interacts in the world to climate change like it's something i'm going to earlier when i'm like just sort of observing something yeah like i find myself thinking about things a little differently too like comparing it to what we learned about physics do you ever Uh, just stand on a chair and then you just see the world differently no okay it's fair like the other day i was thinking about mirrors and light and so you have three different mirrors that are reflecting the same thing. So that's the light that's coming up of you reflecting against them, except is, are they all equal parts? And where's the, I don't know. Well, there's a fine line between like trying to explore a sort of scientific idea uh-huh. and then just like, am I, am I sounding like a stoner right now? <laughs> but I'm not like, who is that guy? Right. And what's he doing with all my clothes? Yeah, that, that would be the, that's where that line is crossed. Yeah. You're like, whoa, are there three of me? And then you, but that's, that's. What are there? I, I didn't go any further than looking it up. Or what, I didn't, I didn't what, go. Are there are three of you? I didn't, yeah. My doppelgangers. Do you pronounce the hard G as the ganger? I say ganger, but ganger is fun. Yeah, it's ganger. Fun. The hard G is the funniest sound. Is that true? No, I think it's the hard K. Yeah, cuh. I mean, that's been documented throughout science. Duck. Truck. Fun. K. All of those. <laughs> we uh, got it. Have you found yourself, has it shifted like what you read or how long you'll spend reading an article? Or? I, yeah, definitely how long I'll spend reading an article. I will take a little more effort to get into it rather than skimming or or kind of getting the gist 
I find myself going into a lot more articles rather than just reading the headline and then regurgitating that. I get it. And some of that is just from hearing our guests talk about people doing that, like that a headline is really misleading on a science article. Well, yeah. And a headline is there to grab attention. It's not there to give information. I also think this is maybe like this is less hard science and this is more like a soft thing. But Mm -hmm. I think the doing the show so far is help me be more comfortable with my lack of knowing things like uh you know one of the things we talked about is just the saying i don't know and admitting you're not sure about something right and i think it's it's helping me me get more comfortable with that because there's this this public forum of like hey everyone i can't pretend that you can't see me nodding along Mm -hmm. i don't know what's happening right now i don't think it's helped me no, it's just no. as bad. Yeah, yeah just... I believe it's just as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's... so I'm doing better than you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You are. I'm winning. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't uh... I didn't bring it up for I had a dream. Accolades. Oh, I was going to bring this up. I had a dream last night okay. where I was in school taking a test and I was doing much worse than anyone else because I was comparing how far I was along in these essay questions mm-hmm. to everybody else. And I was like on page two out of 16 and th- the class was ending. Maybe it meant you were working harder on your answers. I think I was just dumber. Do Do you subscribe to any dreams have meanings? No stuff. Uh uh-uh. uh Have you read anything on like dreams? I, I read haven't. some weird quasi science book on dreams years ago. That sounds legit. It was. I don't think it was. Wait, I don't, quasi. Yeah, it was meaning I, true. I'm calling it quasi science. No, I I don't know how well backed up it was. And I I don't really retain my dreams. Like I. Maybe mm-hmm. once every two years I'll remember a dream. Really? It's really rare. Huh. But I don't I don't know. You know, there's whole like groups of people who are like, this is what this dream means and this, you know, whatever. Like Well, what a dream means. It's just stuff from your day popping back up. So you were taking a test that same day in school? I think I was probably thinking about the podcast or thinking oh, about so this is maybe next. giving you anxiety. Mm. Or giving you a place to put you. Maybe your a little bit. Yeah, I think if we are preparing for one of our test episodes or like Ugh. figuring out what to do next, Oof. there's some anxiety in there. Yeah. You know, I also dream a lot about tornadoes and also I've had multiple dreams of doing improv in large proscenium theaters, which don't turn out well because that's not the forum. No, it's not great for improv. improv. And that's like going to be five, six hundred seats. Probably. Yeah. And it's just too tall. Comedy doesn't work in a high ceilinged room. Right. Levi. I went to the science museum today, Eric. That's right. Uh, with and my, you used to work there? Child. I did. I worked there a number of years ago. So it's like breaking into the old apartment. Pretty sure that's a bare naked ladies <laughs> reference. Well, it all comes down to science, right? Yep. Yep. I so went you went to the, to the science, science museum. museum. They have a din- like a new special dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Exhibit. The, they have the exhibit where. How is it? New. Un- I, I don't know why I interrupted you. I don't know either. It was because, really but good. I just heard a commercial for it. <laughs> uh, there are dinosaurs in the science museum, Levi. I heard there are, there's dinosaurs. So what's the the new dinosaurs? Or I can't remember the name never of before it. seen. It is a lot the... of progress in the sort of paleontology paleontological field. So there's some mm-hmm. newly discovered dinosaurs. Uh, they had on display the first dinosaur skeleton, like full skeleton, to be given a name from Antarctica. Uh, like hmm. that's fairly new. There was some something from 2012. There's a lot of new stuff out of like the Gobi Desert and Asia, which had been a lot more tight mm-hmm. about letting people in. But then, of course, there's like tons of South American. The the thing it, the exhibit tried to do that I really liked, but I also wanted a little more of, is to show the time scales. You know, like 
dinosaurs were around so long compared to humans. Yeah. Like we are nowhere near as successful a species as dinosaurs are, and yet we have this sort of better than like those like lumbering idiot kind of attitude towards dinosaurs. But they they didn't like die out because they were weaker. Like there was this catastrophic incident and mm-hmm. a big change in the world. Yeah. And that's gonna happen again to us from, from what I'm told. But it tried to show that sort of time frame of hundreds of millions of years where there was these dinosaurs and lots of different kinds of dinosaurs. We only know uh, about less than 2% of all the dinosaur species that ever existed on Earth. Like the exhibit pretty much, I wish kind of had said it really hammered. It was said, we don't really know anything about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Here's a tiny smattering of uh, crumbs that we found yeah. that look like amazing huge fossils, but we don't know. Most of it was never preserved or fossilized. We don't know anything like that, which is really interesting slash like overwhelming and hard to comprehend. So I really enjoyed that. And but the sort of funny, weird piece is this exhibit was made in, by the museum in Montreal. Okay. So all of the um, plant the plaques, the panels that with the text, it was in English, and then there'd be a French version right oh, below it, okay. which I don't think I've ever seen in a science museum. It's always mm. like Spanish, or sometimes there's like Asian languages, mm-hmm. but so I, I was trying to learn like French science words. In the English part, how was color spelled? No you. No you. Got it. No, it's uh, American English, so it was like, you know. Oh, good. Not those dirty, dirty Brits. <laughs> they don't know anything. If there's one thing I know about Brits, it's that they're filthy. They're filthy. But I think people would like, I mean, it's a... Them and their salt and pepper mouths. <laughs> huh? Retained not, information. Not black and white. No. That's where I got that wrong. But what was the, what did you learn about those moths? That they adapt, or the, the color of them changed because... because of all the cold dust in the air. Right. The whites couldn't hide. That's right. The white moths, that is. And so the, the ones that were mottled mm-hmm. could survive. Yeah. But I, it, it was a, it was a good exhibit. It's youth, sort of youth focused, I would say, um, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. Like it, it was accessible. There were a lot of interactive pieces. But it sort of made you think of scales of time. I don't know, for me, and I think a lot of like human beings, we don't really spend a lot of time thinking of how much time happened before we existed. Well, you can't spend a lot of time thinking about that because you just don't have a lot of time. You don't have. There's no I, f- frame of reference or something. I. Think about knowledge sometimes and what the limits are for our brains. So we can we have quantum physics. Is there a point where we can't even? I mean, we can accept things like things get weird down on the quantum quantum level, right? That we can't. We can only see because of how things react to one right. another. But is there a point where we can't? Even we there's there's no more we can learn. We've there's more that there is out there, but we are. We like it's are beyond not, our comprehension. Yeah, entirely. Maybe, but there are experts who I think have a better sense of the scale of time mm-hmm. than some some dullard like right. Me. Yeah, and I know that you get a sale uh, a sense of the scale of time, but it's not. You can pull yourself back and section it out and and view it from a distance, but can you really? Because it gets so abstracted. It gets so far yeah. Away. It's yeah. so much. It's yeah. so much. I mean, you can know what it is, and you can kind of figure it. But can you really, really just understand that it's that much time? Because we're here for e- even the blip of the tip of the fingernail, as far as time goes. And it's 
I mean, uh, so if you spent some too much time thinking about it, you'd probably go nuts. Uh, Eugene Merman, stand-up comic, mm-hmm. has a really funny little chunk about trying to Who, please, about scale. About par- I will paraphrase this, this stand-up bit. Yeah, no, thanks. it's really funny. You should the the absurd absurd nightclub comedy of Eugene Merman is a great album. I think it's his first actually okay. released album from several years ago. But his is more about sort of scale of like oh, he's trying to picture a, what a, how much a billion is. Mm-hmm. So he just says, picture a picture a box of 500 plastic forks, and now double it, and now double it again. Now keep doubling it until you get to a billion. That's how much a billion is. Like, it's, it's not helpful at all. No. But it also sort of gets at how, like, how, how do you get at big. that? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to, to make that make sense. Yeah. But you're right, I did not do that piece justice. So everyone should go buy that. It's pretty funny. It's a funny, I mean, he does it, he does it funnier. He has a funnier voice and stuff. He's a funny, funny guy. What else does he do? Well, he has this one bit where he's... What is that character? <laughs> this is me panicking. Uh-huh. Uh, so we should move away from All right. me trying Believe to quote half of stand-up <laughs> bits. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> when I worked at the Science Museum, yeah. there was a great exhibit they made there that toured about the science of race and racism mm-hmm. in um, not just the U.S., but it was focused on the U.S. So it looked at sort of early, like, head measuring to try and distinguish. Oh and I, and it debunked, you know, the nonsense of yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the mongrel man's head That's being the, the thicker or whatever. Yeah. But it was really interesting. It, like, had old tools of that next to tools of actual, like, enslavement and really showed how those were both serving the same purpose of, mm. you know, keeping, keeping one group of people locked up and sort of abusing and misusing science. And people who are passionate about science but, like, didn't quite understand. And so they were sort of, like, honestly misusing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they don't get it, but I think I get it enough to do damage, which I think we see now all the time still in bad science writing and bad science advocacy where someone's like, I kind of get it enough to like say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and seem like I know what I'm talking about, which I think, I don't know, I think both of us worry about doing, you know, like spreading s- half information. <laughs> yeah. Or like the total opposite, you know, the, I don't want to say the thing that's like the opposite of true and sound like I know what I'm talking about, Yeah, but I probably do it all the time. It was a great exhibit though. How do, do you know how bones are fossilized? Uh, a bit. I mean, I know different ways that they're fossilized. The because I always, when I always went into museums, I thought those are dinosaur bones, but they're not bones. It depends, but yeah, it I does. mean, you a lot of what you're seeing is the calcium deposits where the organic material rotted away, right? Yeah, so and then the minerals would would get inside place. and they would calcify. Mm-hmm. And yeah, take its place. Often, what you're seeing is actually like a plaster mold. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, of the fossil. But mostly what is, is being calcium. fossilized is the air around or inside of the the bone. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good representation of what the bone looked like, but it's just like the pores of the bone are filled with the with the, the minerals that have calcified the, and hardened and that's what's preserved. And usually the best fossils are like you know, like a riverbed or a bog or somewhere that it was a quick Yeah. So no oxygen could get at it and and, and actually do any damage to the bone itself. Okay. Yeah, well, I, there's some of this was just covered in like a, a dinosaur omnitheater movie. I oh, watched. that's good. So I, I cheated a little bit, but just thinking about that dinosaur exhibit, you know, when you're a kid, you think, well, those are dinosaur bones, yeah. but those are plaster of calcium. 
we replaced a bone that was i'm working on it but we totally have to get a paleontologist in and like really get at you're working on it yeah i've got i've got some calls out uh we'll (laughs) see what we could do but uh, who could really explain that? Because I'm in the process of when they collect a bone or a fossil sort of sediment in the field mm-hmm. and they like pack it and preserve it and ship the whole like crate of dust and dirt back to the lab to take apart. I'm curious about that. Like what happens yeah. to all that dirt and what happens mud to that and dust? Stuff? What I mean, you're where do you guys put little, that dust? Where does your dust go? Can we have some of your dust? Mm-hmm. We have dino dust, guys. Are we talking about the golden compass? Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, what? Oh. I like the Golden Compass. I'm listening to the Golden Compass right the now. The audiobook? Yeah. yeah I've only the read, third book. read the book. They have a full cast reading it. It's so. a Philip Pullman, if anyone's mm-hmm. looking for it. And it's the it's a weird mix of like science based on real and... science and then totally made up magical yeah. stuff. And it's real gray when they're switching back and forth. You know, like mm-hmm. how much isn't supposed to be invented and supposed to be. It really plays with that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a little fun. I've been enjoying it. I like uh, polar bears that can kick ass. Yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite elements of that stories. What else should we add about where we're at in our science journeys and in this podcast journey? I, what, uh, I, Eric, is there anything you need more from me that I'm not bringing to the table? Or if the listeners have suggestions. I just need you to hold me while we're talking to our experts. Is it cool if I decline to do that? No. Oh, okay. We're a team now. That's what teammates do. You're right. I'm sorry. Look at the Yankees. They're right always now? cuddling in the dugout. Is that why you wrote cuddle dugout in here? <laughs> I burnt it into a piece of driftwood Yeah, I, and I, hung it over the door. I wasn't going to comment on it, but it's all just become crystal clear mm-hmm. that you were not being subtle about. Cuddle Doug. That's the creepiest uncle name you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we, we kind of went over some of our failings. And when we're, As per usual. Yeah, but more specifically where we're not keeping pace with what we should be doing mm. or we're not saying, for me, I'm not saying I don't know enough or mm. saying, oh, let me look that up some more. And also following up with the science we have learned and kind yes. of reinforcing that in ourselves. So going through some of the subjects that our experts have talked about and digging a little deeper into that ourselves. I would love to hear from anyone who listens if they have gone on to read a thing or watch a thing related to anything that's been talked about on the show. Or if you've gone and gotten your PhD because of us. Oh, man. And we're inspired. Please send us a message if you went and got your PhD. It takes it takes about four months, right? Yeah. I'd be fine if you were even a second-year PhD as a result <laughs> of the show. I'd love that message. First year, I don't, I don't know that you're committed yet, so yeah. don't hassle us with that nonsense. Yeah, you're right, though. We 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 have places to work, mm-hmm. but also I don't think we should view any of it as a failure. No, we're because still trying. It's, it, all of life is an experiment, Eric. Oh, man, I guess. It's a horrible thing that I just said. I know. But also true and delightful. But it makes up for the way I introduced you at the beginning. I've forgotten that already. <laughs> I was already over it. That's all right. We'll go back and listen. Great, thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything else. I think. Is that... <laughs> it's just ended right there. <laughs> the sigh. With the... oh, I don't have anything. Let's just end this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. I'm. I'm glad that people are liking the podcast. I'm glad that people are getting stuff out of this. I'm glad we're getting stuff out of this. 
And I think there's the there's the constant need to try and get better at this. So I'm going to try and get better. No, I'm excited to, for us to improve ourselves and connect with more people. I'm excited to learn more. Eric, do you, do you know everything? I don't. I don't know. I should look that up. What, do I know everything? I should look up everything. Starting now. Yeah. Alphabetized. I'm going to start asking questions. <laughs> you all right? Oh, I'm great. All right, good. <laughs> I don't know how to end this episode. I think any of these okay. probably work. Uh, the end. We'll go back. Regret Labs is hosted by Eric McEwen and Levi Weinhagen. Music produced and performed by Dieter. Podcast art by Len McHugh and Kirsten McEwen. Regret Labs is a Noise Picnic production. Please visit us at noisepicnic.com. Noise Picnic.